Sometimes on Wednesday nights I get stalled out because I, I hit something that just seems critical. And, uh, and then what happens is when I hit those times, the Lord's given me more revelation. And uh, so don't think I don't have anything to, new to say, but I'm, I'm like a hovercraft here. Because what, we're, what we've been dealing with the last couple of Wednesdays and tonight is the answer. Amen. Amen. It's the answer. We've been talking about have your own faith. And we've been saying that everyone should build their own faith life. And we've been answering the question, how do we build our own faith life? How do we have faith? And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things shall you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Now the power of God is in the word of God and it's only as we take action on the word of God that we can build our faith. And taking action is effort. We dealt with this last Wednesday evening. Because, for example, challenge offering coming up Sunday, you'll have two numbers, the number in your mind and the number in your spirit man. And it's as we take action on the Word of God that we do resistance training and build up the strength of our spirit man. Now, this is not easy when you start, but over, over decades it becomes easy. The power of God is in the Word of God. Listen, you know... The Spirit of God said in this church a couple of months back, you know what is important by what's being attacked and what's being attacked. I mean, if somebody had told us 50 years ago that feminism would lead to double mastectomies for adolescent girls, everybody would have said they were stark raving mad. Do you see it? Amen. So what's being attacked? Well, the Bible. The Bible's being attacked. Marriage is being attacked. Manhood is being attacked. Womanhood is being attacked. Family is being attacked. So you know what's important by what's being attacked. So the power of God is in the word of God. When we have faith in his word, that faith is manifested by words and by deeds. And this is why confession and taking action are critical to receiving from the hand of God whatever we need. For it is by our words and deeds that God knows that we have faith in his word because God is a faith God. Say it out loud. God is a faith God. God, is a faith God. So if you will not only read the word of God and believe the word of God and confess that word out of your mouth and take action and act like the word of God is so in your life, your faith will grow. You'll get strong in the Lord and your faith will bring to you the answers to prayer that you need and the miracles you need when you need them. And we've been dealing with how Father God encourages us to act upon the word, take action upon the word of God, James 1, 22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And a lot of people are, they're, they're self-deceived. They, they don't know it. I was summoned to Tulsa, Oklahoma twice by Oral Roberts. And I think it was, this, I think it was the, I'm not sure if it was the first or second. It must have been the second time. Because the man I was talking to, don't judge me for this stuff like this. The man I was talking to was not that well-known or important, so it must have been a bigger meeting. First time he summoned me to Tulsa, 
it was for a smaller group, 20, 25 of us. Uh, so it must have been the second time. And they sent a shuttle to pick me up at the airport. And then there was another man on that same shuttle. And he said something to me. We were talking about what's going on in his church, what was going on at our church up at I-30. And he made this comment. He said, if people knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. It's like, no offense, but have you ever dealt with people in business and thought, don't you realize how dumb you are? You know? <laughs> See, in other words, a dumb person doesn't know they're dumb. In fact, they think they're a genius. Amen. In fact, they think they know everything. Right? Okay, so spiritually, someone who's deceived doesn't know they're deceived. If they knew they were deceived... They wouldn't be deceived. Amen. Can you see that? And so James says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving or deluding your own selves. See, it's one thing to be suckered by somebody else, but it's an entirely different thing to delude yourself. We're, gonna, we're going somewhere. Tell your neighbor, he's going somewhere. He's just trying to get there. See, the NIV says, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And this is why people ignore the exhortations and commands of God, do so at their own peril. Because oftentimes, in fact, most times, he doesn't tell you the why. He just says, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving or deluding your own selves. We saw last time the same thing in Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Not just willing, obedient. Not just obedient, willing. Willing has to do with attitude, and willing has to do with prejudices. I was at an auto auction. I forgot what year that was. Would have been the 80s. And we just, the church just couldn't pay us. And so I, we were playing this game with cars where I, I knew men in the wholesale automobile business, and they'd help me buy a car. And I'd drive, it to, I'd drive it on a six-month note. And because I tried to buy it right, when I sold it, I'd try and cover the interest and try and make 100 or $200. Didn't always work out. But generally, that's how we drove cars for nothing while we were pioneering the church. And we're standing there, and a BMW comes through the line. He says, man, that's what you ought to be driving. And I was like, oh, dear God, no, I can't drive something like that. You see, that was a prejudice. I said that was a prejudice because I wasn't putting any money down. These were six-month notes. So as long as I was able to sell it for what I bought it for or 100 or two over or 100 or two under, what difference would it have made? The only difference would have been the interest. So the problem wasn't the math. The problem was my attitude. So not just willing, obedient. Not just obedient, willing. Then the Living Bible, if you will only let me help you, I will, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. And we, we said last time, I learned this from one of my daddies in the faith, Fred Price, turn that coin over. If, if we will not let him help us, if we will not obey, then he won't help us become rich. Too bad, so sad. And let me tell you what, this is one of the harshest and cruelest truths about God but you need to 
assimilate it, and get your mind around it. He will let you stay poor and he will let you stay sick. Amen. See, we have this idea that it doesn't matter what we do, doesn't matter whether we believe God, doesn't matter whether we confess the word of God, doesn't matter whether we take action on the word of God, because of his mercy and because of his grace, he'll come along and he'll save us from our own unbelief or stupidity. But we can see with our eyes that's not the case. Because Christians are poor everywhere you look around. And Christians are sick everywhere you look. Can you see that? Now, why would he do that? Free will. Free will. God is a believer in your free will. Now, the government's not. They want to tell you what to do every moment of every day. What kind of car to drive, what kind of light bulb to use, you know, what kind of toilet paper to not use, all of it. But God is a believer in free will. And that explains also, 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 we don't have time to get into this, but the, the earth is under a lease. I just read it the other night, my annual Bible reading, the heavens are the Lord's, but, earth he, but, the, but the earth he has given to man. You don't, think, you don't think God's in charge of this, do you? No. No, man's in charge. In fact, Paul said that Satan is, Satan is the God, little G-O-D of this world. Why? Because... Even though Adam didn't have a moral right to do so, he had a legal right to hand his authority over to the devil. So if you do not let Father God help you, if you do not obey, then he won't help you become rich. If you're not a doer of the word of God, you cannot grow your faith and you cannot enjoy the blessings promised in the word of God. Now, we left off talking about Isaiah 119, verses 20. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the best from the land. But verse 20 says, but if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And people don't understand this about God, and that is this. He says in the word of God, I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus said that heaven and earth might pass away, but not one dotting of the I and not one crossing of the T of the word of God would ever pass away. So once it is uttered by God, he cannot back off. Amen. And so he says, but if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. And that right there explains why there's so much defeat among God's people. You need to understand, man, I'm, I'm teaching and preaching victory. Amen. I've been defeated. I didn't like it. I've been sick. I didn't like it. I've been broke. I didn't like it. Amen. I'm preaching victory. Amen. Too many of God's people are being devoured by the enemy, but that's what Isaiah 120 tells us will happen if we don't take action on Isaiah 119. So to build your own faith, you've got to take action on the word of God. And if you don't discipline yourself to take action on the word of God, You'll never grow your own faith. There's a young man. He may be watching tonight. He lives in another city, and he attends a church with the name Faith on it. And, you know, everybody's broken sick that he knows. And, and every time he can, he's telling these friends that he meets, you know, man, you got to watch Dr. Gene Lingerfeld because he's got the, the ingredient that we're missing. And the ingredient, according to him, is take action, take action, take action. You, you, have to, you have to be a doer of the word of God. Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, used to teach that all the promises and blessings of the Bible are conditional. God will do his part, but we must do our part. 
God will not do our part and we cannot do God's part. So any promise you find in the Bible requires taking action in order to make that promise work for you. The power of God is in the Word of God. Say that out loud. The power of God, power of God is, in the Word of God. is in the Word of God. And people, let me tell you what, people are just clueless. 2022, they, they, they have no idea what's coming. They have no idea what's coming. Because God has no choice. He will judge this world by his word. And they have no idea what's coming. Seven years after the rapture, at the coming of the Lord, the Bible says that the blood will flow to the horse's bridle. We're right now in the age of grace, but the age of grace is coming to a close. Amen. Then there'll be seven years of tribulation, and at the end of seven years of tribulation, he will return. When he came the first time, everybody expected a warrior, and they got a baby in a manger. This time, everybody's expecting a baby in a manger, and they're going to get a warrior. They have no idea what's coming. And he will rule with a rod of iron from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. And the seed of Adam will still be in the hearts of men. When I was a young man, I would read the Battle of Gog and Magog, and I thought, how in God's world could people be so stupid for Jesus to rule from Jerusalem for 1,000 years and the nations of the earth rise up and gather against him and wage war against the Son of God? But I see it clearly now. In fact, it may not even, I mean, I, in my mind, I'm not talking about teaching the word of God. In my mind, I, I wouldn't maybe take ten, ten, a thousand years. It might take 10 days. Amen. Because I'm telling you what, he's gonna, the Bible says in Isaiah, he's going to rule with a rod of iron. Be no messing around. There'll be no carjackings, no kidnappings. Forget about it. You commit murder in the millennium. The... Death penalty, but will be visited upon you instantly, and to hell you go. I mean, what are you going to do? Call the NAACP? What are you going to do? Call the, the American Civil Liberties Union? I mean, what are you going to do? There'll be no appeal. That's it. See? And people will get tired of it because they're still going to have that seat of Adam in them. They're going to rise up. So even if the, my point is, Man is so wicked. Even if Jesus called his church out of here tonight, it'll take a thousand and seven years to tame this place. Amen. That's how wicked it is. Now we see this power of God at work in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. And people are amazing. They truly are. They go to the doctor. Doctor says, well, we need to run more tests. Come back Tuesday. They come back Tuesday. Oh, you got to pay the deductible. Uh, they come back Tuesday. Oh, well, you know, okay, we do this, we do that. Well, we're not sure what this means. So come back Friday. They come back Friday. And they come back. Then there's another deductible. And then you come back Friday. Okay, well, we're going to give you this prescription. And they give you this prescription. Come back in a week. We'll see what's happening. You come back in a week. Oh, you got to pay a deductible. You come, come back in a week. Well, it, 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 that's not really doing anything. Oh, well, we got to change that. So here's another prescription, another deductible. Uh, come back in seven more days. And, and they'll obey everything. And they will take every pill. And they will pay every bill. 
and they won't think a thing about it. But if Pastor Gene or Sue or Austin says, you find three verses in the Bible that cover your case, people will change churches. And we're not even, pay, you, you don't have to even pay a deductible. <laughs> Faith is only built on my acting on the word of God, letting the word of God live in me. See, when I take action, when I believe the word of God and I confess the word of God and I take action on the word of God, the word of God begins to live in me. And that's, what, that's how Jesus did what he did. He walked around Galilee, the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He walked around Galilee as the word of God. The, the word of God breathed, lived and breathed inside of him. E.W. Kenyon wrote a long time ago that our attitude toward the word determines the place that God holds in our daily life. So why are people defeated? Why are people defeated? Why aren't God's? How in the world can we have a superior covenant, superior promises, a superior high priest, and yet get inferior, inferior results to our Jewish brethren. How is that even possible? Well, the word says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. See, it's not, it's not that they never heard it. They just heard it and they rejected it. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law, the word of God. I also will ignore your children. And so because people ignore the word of God, they bring upon themselves generational curses. This is self-evident. If you will not only read the word of God, believe the word of God, but confess that word of God out of your mouth and take action on the word of God and act like the word of God is so in your life, then your faith will grow and your faith will bring to you the answers to prayer that you need and the miracles that you need on occasion when they are required. So when I do the word of God, I build faith in my spirit man. When I do the word of God, I become strong, in the Lord and in the power of his might, the word becomes a part of my very being and I absorb it into my daily life and it builds into me the faith of God. Now, last time I used these examples and I'm gonna build upon these examples. That when I got married, I had the sense to understand I didn't know how to be a husband, not by, because of the people, two that raised me. I didn't, I didn't know anything about being a husband. So I went to the word of God and I did what it said. Not perfectly, but I did what it said. And then when Austin was born, I knew because of the people that raised me that I didn't know anything about being a father. So I went back to the Bible. I went back to the word of God. And people like James Dobson and Tim and Beverly LaHaye, they were big in the Southern Baptist world on marriage and family. And I, I went back to the word of God to find out how to be a father. So we started off doing the right things, but not all of the right things. I said we started off doing the right things, but not all of the right things. And as you've heard me say many times, it's the, part, it's the part of the word of God that you don't do that'll bite you. Now, I've told this story a thousand times. 1989, you understand? We started construction on the first building up at I-30 in 1987. I think if I remember right, it was August of 1987. Two months later, we had the stock crash. And of course, that didn't affect the church because nobody we were pastoring had any money to be invested. But there was a recession that followed. The recession affected the people. And uh, so we moved into our first building, third Sunday of March, 1988. And it was week to week. We weren't making it. We got to where 
at one point we had three pages, single space of accounts payable. And that's why I don't allow them to have bills. Now they time some things, but I want everything paid. I hate bills. They're like rabbits. You put two in a drawer, you open the drawer back up, you got 15. <laughs> and I hate them. At the house, Sue will tell you I'm a fanatic. It must be paid. I had a guy do some things today, and I saw that he was done. I said, have you left the property? He said, well, I just left. I can come back. I said, come back. I want to pay you. I hate Bill. I want everybody paid. I don't want to owe anybody anything. Amen. I'm a fanatic on it. And that all goes back to those days. Three pages, single space, accounts payable. And I told the Lord at 5 a.m. prayer, I'm tired of not ever having any money. Now, this is where I wanted to get to. And it'll change your life. These preachers come in from different parts of the country. They come in from other countries. And they ask me, how did you do this? And I tell them. And they don't believe me. So this is the difference between being a word of faith church like Faith Christian Center and all other kinds of Pentecostalism. The Lord did not say FedEx will be there by 10 o'clock. There'll be an envelope of money. The Lord did not say Shandai Rondai. The Lord did not say drink anointing oil. The, the Lord did not say do a Daniel fast. The Lord did not say get a prayer chain going. See, these, Pente these Pentecostal people, if they have a medical problem, if they have a money shortage, whatever the problem, they resort to prayer chains. They, they anoint with oil. There's a time to anoint with oil, but not every time, every moment, every occasion. Anointing with oil or laying hands on people without prior teaching is an exercise in futility. They do January Daniel fast. They're actually now drinking anointing oil and they lay, lay hands on everybody every service. This is Pentecostalism. And you know <coughs> that the people who do this, you see them and you haven't seen them in five years and you see them, they haven't made any progress at all. But you, you, you leave me and you come back five years, there ain't no telling what's going to be here. Amen. There'll be no telling what I'm driving. There'll be no telling what's going on. You understand? Because we're making violent progress. Amen. The kingdom of heaven forcefully advances. But you get around these people and it's a, it's a shtick. That's a Jewish word for a, 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 a theme of a show. It's a shtick. And they, these ministers come in here and they want to know how, you, how, you, how did you do this? And I tell them they don't want to hear it. They don't want to, nobody wants to hear line upon line, precept upon precept, take action, take action, take action, be a doer of the word. Of, no, no, they want a shortcut. But one of my fathers in the faith, John Osteen, always used to say, we don't, we don't have any shortcuts because there are no shortcuts. Amen. 
So the Lord did not say uh, FedEx will be there by 10 o'clock. There'll be an envelope with all the money you need. The Lord did not say drink anointing oil. The, the Lord did not say get a prayer chain going. The Lord, he didn't say any of that. He said, son, you don't have any money because you don't ever save any money. See, in other words, I'm living in free willville. And I, I've been a doer of the word of God on being a husband. I've been a, I've been a doer of the word of God on tithing. I've been a doer of the word of God on fatherhood. But here's this piece over here that I was not being a doer of the word of God on saving money. He told me, he said, it is a sin. This is what he told me in 1989. He said, it is a sin to spend more, to spend more money than you have. He said, and, and this is 1989. He said, that makes your government the biggest center of them all. This is 1989. We're, our government's probably spending in five minutes what they were spending in a year back then. I mean, I don't know. There's no telling. So he said, son, you don't ever have any money because you never save any money. Now, here's what he told me to do. He said, save something. Every seven days, both at home and in the ministry, even if it's only $5. So what was he telling me to do? Talk to me. You talk to me. What was he telling me to do? He's telling me to take action. And, and of course, because of the annual Bible reading, I knew all this was in the Bible. See, that's the problem with, and, and this is why the annual Bible reading is so great, because it allows the Holy Spirit to speak to you about stuff that you've read recently. I knew it was in there. I just, see, we do what we want. There came a Sunday. I was so irritated up there at I-30. This was 20 years ago. I, I stood up and I said, look, nobody's asking me what to do. Nobody's coming and getting my advice. Nobody's asking me for advice. I said, so let's have an agreement. You're, you're all doing exactly what you please, so I'm going to do what I please. Amen. And that's when I got delivered and free. That's when I made the attitude adjustment. Amen. I went out and bought a brand new BMW for Sue. That seemed very nice. I liked warranty, so I went and got another one for me. Amen. I just thought, that, you know, I thought these people are doing whatever they want to do, so why shouldn't I do whatever I want to do? And they're not checking with me on what they're doing, so why should I check with them on what I'm doing? Amen. So... I was being a doer of the word of God on being a husband. I was being a doer of the word of God on being faithful to Sue. I was being a doer of the word of God on tithing. I was being a doer of the word of God on being a father. But here's this puzzle, missing piece to the puzzle. A friend of mine was invited to speak for a young man. I won't mention the city or state. And he went and he spoke for that young man and he looked around and he was kind of horrified at what he saw. And so he's just this way. And he asked this young man, he said, how much money you got? Well, he didn't have anything. And he said, don't call me. Don't, and don't write to me. I don't want to hear from you until you have saved $50,000. But he did, that, he did that young pastor a favor. You know, that's in the, in the video testimony of Jeremiah and Julia Thomas. They, in one of those testimonies, they say, well, they, they didn't have anything. They never, they, they never thought about having money until they met me. Then they started saving money. See, and the, the beautiful thing is whatever you start doing that is a righteous thing, God will bless the work of your hands. Amen. 
See, when he said to me, save something every seven days, even if it's only $5. See, here's the way we think. Well, there's no point in doing that. $5 isn't going to do me any good. That's not the point. That is not the point. That is not the point. A thousand times, that is not the point. The point is to obey. The point is to do what he says. The point is he's God and you're not. Amen. And so I just started doing what he said. <laughs> and some weeks it was $5. My God. You have no idea. I mean, if I wanted to charter a flight to Venice tomorrow to have lunch and then come back the same day, it wouldn't even affect us. That's a long way from $5. But how many years is that? 2022 minus 1989, what is that? 33 years. See? Oh, I want to be there, Dr. Gene. Well, yeah, but what about the $5? What about the every week part? And this is how we did everything. See, now, I don't know about you, but he's my daddy. And he's my shepherd. He's the shepherd of my soul. And he leads me into the green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. Now, see, the problem is some of y'all still listening to rap. Can't feel your... Mind with that. Amen. Yeah, but I want to be a social influencer. <laughs> I don't know why they'll all be in hell. You know, yesterday at lunch, uh, somebody showed us a picture of a famous minister, and I thought, dear Lord, is that what it takes? See, but the thought would never occur to these Pentecostals that they had brought trouble on themselves by not being a doer of the Word of God. You know, I, I, my mind is flooded with examples, but I can't share any, any of them because I don't know who's watching and people could, you know, harshly judge me because... Any example I could give would revolve around the failure of some person. Nineteen ninety-three Winter Bible Seminar, the ninth message. Kenneth Hagan said, "He said I'm going to make a hard statement, but he said if you have trouble with it, that's your problem, not mine." But he said, all of our troubles we brought upon ourselves. He said, we could have walked in days of heaven upon the earth, but he said, because of, our, because of what we've done, because of the actions we've taken, he said, too many of us are walking in days of hell upon the earth. And he said, it's our own doing. But see, nobody wants to, to admit that. The thought would never occur to them that they had brought trouble on themselves by not being a doer of the word of God. Psalm 1, I gave you that example Sunday. Let's drag Sunday into Wednesday. Psalm 1, Psalm 1. And the Lord spoke to me Sunday morning and he said, this is where all these divorces come from in the children of ministers. 
Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. In other words, you just you can't truck with them. You can't hang out with them. You can't, you can't invite them to your meetings. You can't socialize with them. You just can't. You just can't. You can't. Listen, and if a minister won't regulate his own behavior based on Psalm 1, what would make you think he would regulate the behavior of his single children based on Psalm 1? And that's why, I mean, there, there are, there's a famous ministry, and if you wanted to count all the divorces in the family, you couldn't even do it on your hands. You'd have to take your shoes and socks off and start, start in on your toes. And they think they're word of faith. They're not word of faith. They're Pentecostals. And they think that everything can be solved with a prophecy. But nobody's doing any critical thinking. Have the last 15 prophecies we've prophesied come to pass or not? No critical thinking, whatever. I'm old enough. I remember the banana diet. I remember the pineapple diet. I remember all these diets, you know, fads. And if they worked, well, America wouldn't look like America looks like. See, we have, to, we have to have the ability to think critically. Tell your neighbor, if it ain't working, it ain't working. And I don't know about you, but I like my prayers answered. I don't, know about, I don't know about you, but I don't like unpaid bills. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I like a car that starts. Amen. I don't know about you, but man, I, I mean, I like having space. And if it ain't working, it ain't working. And so in my lifetime of praying, an hour a day since 1985, you know, I've changed and I've, I've, I've mitigated and I've changed course. And I don't know how many hundreds of times I've changed the way I was praying. Why? Because I want results. I, I want answers. Amen. I want a pain-free body. I don't want any bills in my drawer. I want to eat where I want, drive what I want, vacation where I want, and not think about it. Just yesterday in a, in a meeting, they, they, some, somebody mentioned what something cost. I was horrified, horrified. And then I thought to myself, that's why I don't want to know anything. I just want to pray. If I pray, there's enough money comes in, covers everything. I don't, even, I don't want to know about all this. Because you get your focus on that. You get your attention on that. Now, at home, I know what everything costs. But that's manageable. Those are manageable numbers. This is not manageable. So I just pray, and here comes the money. But that's from since 1988, change, since 1985, changing the way I pray countless times. In other words, and then, the, then again, because I haven't filled my mind with rap music and other CRAP, you know, I'm out praying, and the Lord will instruct me to confess this scripture and confess this scripture and say it this way and change the way you say that. And I just follow instructions. I just follow instructions. I just follow instructions. See, I just take action. I take action. I take action because he doesn't, he doesn't have his interest at heart. He has my interest at heart. Amen. Can you see that? Yeah. 
Jesus said, by the way, on this music thing, Jesus said, be careful how you listen. You are tonight, your net worth, the health in your body, the state of your marriage, the state of your children, you are sitting here tonight, the result of what you have chosen to listen to in your life. Pastor, it can't be that simple. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Famous minister, friend of ours, he learned a lot from me, apparently, but he asked Austin, he said, who does your dad listen to? And, you know, uh, you know, nobody alive. Well, what kind of, what, what conferences does your dad go to? None. See, when I get in any vehicle, I'm at a conference. I listen, to, I listen to some Osteen occasionally. I listen to some Fred Price occasionally. But generally in every vehicle, I mean, every, it doesn't matter what vehicle. Now, Sue may be listening to something and there's different things in different vehicles. But I get in a vehicle and I'm at a Kenneth Hagin seminar. That's just me. To do this, listen. To do this with no alarm. To do this with no pressure. To do this with no stress. That's what I need. Can you see that? And because I'm not going to dress like a hooker and wear stretch pants and do all that, this is what it takes for me to do this. Do you understand? Because I I just can't go the other way. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. It's just not in me. And if I tried, I'd be no good because you'd know I hated every moment of it. And then if I did that, it showed up. If I showed up Sunday looking like some of these preachers, all the big givers would leave. And then where would I be? I'd be in a mess. See, the thought would never occur to them that they had brought trouble on themselves by not being a doer of the word of God. And the thought would never occur to them. And here it is. And the thought would never occur to them that the way to fix their problem would be to reverse course and take action on, on the word of God and become a doer of the word of God. The thought would never occur to them. So what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? Well, we got to lay hands on people one more time. Got to anoint them with oil. Got to have a prayer chain. We got to drink anointing oil. Got to have a Daniel fast, even though there's no such thing. It's a Daniel diet, not a Daniel fast. Got to do it in January. Got to get it coordinated. Got to get enough people doing it. They they will do every doggone thing except obey God. Can you see it? And really, how many commands are there? This is the first and greatest command, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your soul, and the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And all of the law, all of the moral law of God is summed up in those two commands. If I do those two commands, I'm not going to bear false witness against somebody. If I do those two commands, I'm not going to murder anybody. If I do those two commands, I'm not going to covet my neighbor's stuff. Can you see it? Amen. So really, what does he require of it? And let me tell you something that I'm, I'm so grieved over, and I'm so grieved over it, it's just hard for me to remain on the planet. I hate the way they make serving this beautiful, wonderful, glorious father of mine sound like a great big pain in the backside. I hate it. 
I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Because all he has ever done for me is be a blessing. All he has ever done for me is heal me. All he has ever done for me is forgive me. All he is, oh my gosh, grace and mercy, grace and mercy and provision and healing. And then back to grace and mercy and forgiveness and healing and blessing. That's all he's ever done for me. But they, you turn on these preachers, they make it sound like it is such a great big pain in the backside. I hate it. I can't stand it. And that's why I don't truck with it. Don't fellowship with it. Don't go hear it. Don't have it in here. Don't go to lunch with it. See, the thought would never occur to them that the way to fix their problem would be to reverse course and take action on the Word of God and become a doer of the Word of God. Let me get to one place. I know I'm out of time. When I wrote the 2018 Holy Week Revival and got to Thursday and Friday evening on how to train the human spirit, I was sitting in a little desk in a cabin in the woods. I had sat there a long time and I was getting stiff. So I took a break. I got up. I stood at the French doors and looked out at the lake. And I asked Father God, I said, how did I do it? Because I had never heard those messages by Kenneth Hagin in my life. So this was all new, what I was hearing, but yet I'd done it. And I asked him, I said, how did I do it? I told him I didn't get revelation on Romans 12, 1 and 2 until later in life. So I asked him, I said, how did I do it? And very sweetly, instantly, very sweetly, very gently, he's so kind and so gracious and so loving. And he told me so very sweetly, son, he said, you had two advantages. You loved me and you loved my word. And even though you didn't get revelation on Romans 12, 1 and 2 until later in life, very early in your life, you got revelation on Joshua 1, 8. See, Joshua 1, 8 is the Old Testament version of Romans 12, 1 and 2. Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, confession, but, but thou shalt meditate therein, meditation on the word day and night that thou mayest observe to do that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, all that is written in the word of God, not what you like, not what you like, not what you like. My mother called me, you know, not that long after my dad died, you know, uh, she, was, she was seeing some guy that she knew in high school. I knew this man. It had been, I mean, I'd seen him when I was a boy, but I knew about him. No telling how many women he'd lived with, no telling how many women he'd been married to, no telling how many children he had by different women. I said, Mom, you can't do that. Why not? I said, what fellowship hath light with darkness? And we had arranged, there was a hotel that was just opening, the Grand Walea in Hawaii, and they were just, they opened early. The, the contractor got done with the hotel early. They were doing two for one. I thought, man, what a deal. So I lined up a vacation, lined, up, lined her up with a suite. Uh, she said, oh, I can't go. You know, I got, I got this trouble with my dog or whatever. Well, that was a lie. She ran off and married this bum. Rather than spend time with her grandchildren at the Grand Walea in, oh, is that Oahu? Maui. And it was just hell on earth, 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 trouble, 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 hell on earth. Oh my gosh. I mean, there was no end to it. 
One day on a snowy, cold day, I don't know why we were around them or where we were, but on a snowy, cold day, we were sitting there having breakfast with them, and he threatened Sue Lingerfeld. And within about 10 days, he was dead. We, walked, we left the parking, we left the restaurant, we're going to cross the parking lot. I said, let's just say nothing about this. Let's just ask the Lord to judge between us. And he was dead. But trouble. See, the Lord will let you go marry whoever you want to marry. But then, and, and, uh, Daniel fast won't get you out of that trouble. Nope. See, drinking anointing oil won't get you out of that trouble. Now, you might put cyanide in his porridge, and that might, but I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, anointing oil won't get you out of that mess. Can you see it, people? Can you see it? See, but, and we bring this trouble upon ourselves. Because the word is very clear about certain things. What fellowship have light with darkness? And yet, people let their kids date uns, unsafe people, people let their kids marry unsafe people. And then it's trouble, 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 trouble. Look, I live a trouble-free life. My daughter-in-law is a believer. My daughter-in-law is a tither. My son-in-law is a believer. My son-in-law is a tither. I got, I got no trouble. Everybody who tormented me is dead. I opened up my desk drawer once when Sue was standing there, and she said, what's that? And I was horrified. I was embarrassed. It was a blood pressure monitor. I said, she said, what do you have that for? And I said, well, when I get off the phone with my mom, I check my blood pressure. <laughs> See, all that's gone now. And my daughter-in-law doesn't torment me. She's a blessing. And my son-in-law doesn't. See, if you're careful, if you're careful, if you're careful, if you'll be a doer of the word of God, if you'll be careful, if you'll observe to do all, then your days can be heaven upon the earth. Glory to God. I said your days can be days of heaven upon the earth. And you might, you might be here tonight and say, oh my gosh, I've really messed it up. What do I do? Reverse course and begin taking action on the word of God. Hallelujah. And if, if you've messed up, some things you know we mess up and they're messed up. It's like wrecking a car, it's wrecked. You just got to deal with it the best you can. But he said, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein in the word of God, for then thou shalt make thy way. Then thou shalt make thy way. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And listen, <coughs> the, the audiovisual Sound guys, you know, that our architect is using, they, they come, they measure all this stuff, and what do you do? And they can't believe it, and they watch, you know. You know, you, you just stand there and teach the Bible? <laughs> and all those people come? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm doing an Elvis impersonation like some of these guys or whatever. In other words, they're just amazed. But listen, listen, listen. I didn't, do, I didn't do this because I'm smart. I didn't do this because I'm shrewd. I didn't do all this because of this or that or the other. But I, I did. I took action on what I was sharing with you tonight. I, I took action on the Word of God. I just did the Word of God. And it doesn't happen in two minutes. It doesn't happen in two weeks. It doesn't happen in two months. It doesn't even happen in two years. But it happens. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. And we take action and He blesses the work of our hands. Hallelujah.
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then. See, everybody wants the successful and prosperous part. But he says, for then. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. A friend of mine changed his whole ministry, gave up the word of faith message. I mean, it was amazing what he did to himself because he heard about a guy that he said, he wrote in an article, this guy got ahead of him. Well, I didn't believe it, so years later, Sue and I got on a jet. We went to that town, and we looked at that guy that was supposedly ahead of our friend, and I had Aaron check. I was interested in the lighting. So I had Aaron check on the lighting. And Aaron asked other questions. Come to find out, they didn't own anything. The building where that church met was leased. The TV equipment was leased. They didn't own anything. Listen, my friend that gave up the word of faith message because he thought he'd been passed. In fact, I told his brother later, Years later, I told his brother later, he came and had lunch with me in Austin. I said, that guy that your brother thinks passed him was nothing but a mosquito on your brother's backside. He didn't, if you don't own anything, how can you pass somebody? Amen. Talk to me. If you don't own anything, how can you pass somebody? Amen. Many, many, many years ago, Bernard Johnson, the saxophonist, he said, you need to get out more. I said, what are you talking about? Because I guess a, a, pastor's, a pastor in his church had come up in conversation. He said, you need to get on a jet. He said, you go out there to Fred, Fred and Betty's Crenshaw Christian Center occasionally. He said, that's Tuesday night. He said, you need to go to Wednesday night at this other church. He said, you need to look with your own eyes. He said, would you say a church is as strong as Sunday morning or a church is as strong as Wednesday night? I said, Wednesday night. He said, you need to go and look. So we went and we sat there and we counted. And I was dumbfounded because we were way ahead of that guy. See, if you go by social media, you'd think, man, you're being passed and surpassed and, and you're being lapped and, and you're coming in last. You can't go by anything going, anything on social media. You don't even know what you're looking at anymore on social media. But just be a doer of the word of God. Steady Eddie. That's who I am. Just steady Eddie. Amen. Just keep doing the word of God. Just keep doing the word of God. Just keep doing the word of God. Amen. And uh, we pull ahead. We pull ahead. We pull ahead. We pull ahead. And the word comes to pass in our lives. The Lord's speaking to me right now. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he addeth no trouble to it. Amen. 